0: Doing so will help to create a better world for all of us. This podcast is all about that. The guest on my podcast this week is David Griffiths, CEO of Fiscal Technologies. The whole Procure to Pay space is is
1: dominated by hundreds of different technology vendors and really sit in two core areas. Firstly, around procurement and automating the whole of that procurement process. And driving purchase order compliance and POs and three way matching. And then the other side is about managing invoices and paying those invoices. So, it's, you know, a lot of technologies around automation. But what we really found that was lacking, and the more feedback and the more research we did, was there was nothing to oversee all these different technologies to look at fraud and risk. And our big idea was. Really, three-way matching, which sits at the heart of every ERP accounting system, is the cornerstone control, but it hasn't evolved over the last 40 years. A lot of organizations now are on
0: really unprecedented levels of risk and fraud. This is David. He's the CEO of Fiscal Technologies, a leading provider of forensic solutions that empower procure-to-pay teams across the globe to protect organizational spend. He's got 20 years of experience in growing technology organizations and has spent the last 10 years working with hundreds of accounts payable teams to help them protect their corporate spend by preventing fraud and reducing risk. Prior to becoming the CEO of Fiscal Technologies, David was the head of European marketing at Bottomline Technologies and commercial director for European Internet Technologies, a supplier of e-business solutions. David holds an MBA and honors degree in business and accounting. What triggered me to invite David to my podcast was their vision to enable the finance function to prevent high-risk transactions from creating reputational damage and become more proactive at the same time in optimizing performance. We explore the fact we're living in a world where risk and fraud are increasing rather than reducing. We discuss why current technology in the marketplace appears to be so inadequate and how that results in reputational damage, leaking of working capital and underperforming financial performance. And finally, we discuss how technologies such as AI can be used to deliver remarkable impact. By listening to this interview, you will learn three things. Firstly, as the velocity of our world increases and our options to get work done enriches as technology evolves, we are creating new foundations for fraud and risk to grow exponentially. Secondly, that the value of AI is not only to give insights, for example, to identify fraud and risk, but possibly more important to also reveal totally new patterns that allow us to prevent these challenges altogether, no matter where they are. And thirdly, that a lot of value is destroyed due to inertia in the marketplace, the self-belief that everything is under control. And that's not only in the procure-to-pay space, it's universal. David, thank you for being on the podcast today, making the time for this. Before we start, It's always interesting for my guests to understand a little bit about you and what drives you as an entrepreneur, why you started Fiscal Tech in the first place.
1: Well, thank you, Tom. It's a pleasure to join you on your famous podcast.
0: So I've been an
1: entrepreneur for 25 years. I love building businesses, especially around technology. I've only ever worked in five technology companies, two of them have been my own, and my Current company, Fiscal Technologies, has been a wonderful experience growing that over the last uh, 12 years. And we have built up an incredible team. Spent really last 15 years in the whole procure to pay space, worked with bottom line technologies, and, and took a lot of those insights and ideas into fiscal technologies.
0: Okay. So, so why the, why the procure to pay space? What is, this, what is special about it or what triggered you to, to start a business there?
1: Well, that's a great question. That, that really is a great question. It's a classic back office function that hasn't had really much focus on. There's a lot of paper inefficiency and, and really has been dominated in the last 10 years through automation, and automating people out of roles. And really what I wanted to very much do was empower procure-to-pay teams with the best tools to elevate their roles
0: and their value in an organization. So why is that? Why do you want to empower them? What is, what is the... It, I mean,
1: well, the, it's, it's... Yeah, it, it's a very it's a good question. I mean, automation, I, th- I think everyone... Every finance director and CFO needs to automate their processes and their teams. But at the same time, what you have to do is educate and elevate those teams and provide them a path to providing higher value. And what our software and our solutions do is provide that path. So as well as automating, you elevate those individuals to provide Better, more up-to-date insights that drive real value in an organization.
0: So, tell me a little bit about more about uh, the fiscal tech solutions NXT Forensic. Interesting name, by the way. So, so what does it do in the procure to pay space? Because uh, I believe it's not about helping people buy and uh, and deal with with, with the, the whole process beyond it, right? Exactly. So, th- the whole procure
1: to pay space is is dominated by. hundreds of different technology vendors and really sit in two core areas firstly around procurement and automating the whole of that procurement process and driving purchase order compliance and po's and three-way matching and then the other side is about managing invoices and paying those invoices. So, you know, a lot of technologies around automation. But what we really found that was lacking, and the more feedback and the more research we did, was there was nothing to oversee all these different technologies to look at fraud and risk. And our big idea was really three way matching, which sits at the heart of every ERP accounting system, is a cornerstone control but it hasn't evolved over the last 40 years it's sat there doing exactly what it's been doing which is an invoice against a goods receipt note against a purchase order that hasn't evolved and that hasn't kept up with the times you know a lot of organizations now are on really unprecedented levels of risk and fraud and this came from PwC landmark report last year so what what we really thought was a really a a global niche in the market was to provide oversight over all of these technologies from all the way from procurement to the final payment and we provide these really in-depth unique insights no other technology on the planet will provide the insights that we do and we provide this back to the controller the cfo and senior finance and they can drive process improvements cost savings but more importantly elevating their existing teams to provide more value to the organizations okay interesting
0: i mean that the thing about i mean i realize i my my history is in the erp space and procurement was an element of the erp solution so i know very well how how much energy and how much in a well i wouldn't call it innovation but automation had been going into that process what you're saying is that although all of these things have been automated. There's still there's still f- things falling through through the cracks, right? Exactly,
1: exactly. So what what the CFO and the the the, the finance team have done? They've stitched together lots of different technologies. You know, SAP. Thirty percent of our customers use SAP. Twenty five percent use Oracle fantastic ERP systems, lots of good modules that bolt in, but they have ecosystems, as you you quite well know, Tom, of 2,000 independent software vendors. And what has happened is over the last 10 years, the finance departments are stitching all these different technologies in. And what has happened, and they're, they're also going through quite a dramatic, transformation in the way they receive invoice information and they make payments so yeah. now a lot of organizations that we deal with have five six seven different ways of receiving different types of invoice information yeah. that could be a manual input it could be through a supplier portal it could be through e-invoicing it could be through ocr and even edi which has been around for 25 years yeah. uh, tremendous technology. But again, it's another way to input information into an SAP or an Oracle system. At the same time, you've got three or four different ways of making those payments, including pay cards, checks, cash, blockchain, you, know, you name it. And so the complexity around procure-to-pay has dramatically increased. But this is at the same time, the number of people in these teams, especially in accounts payable, have decreased. So there's less human oversight. And yeah. so the three-way match really hasn't kept up with that huge trend over the last 10 years. And so this is really where our technology comes in and adds that fourth match and sits over all of the whole process looking for anything that slipped through the cracks.
0: Interesting. You mentioned the report, I think, from the PwC, if I recall well. So, so what was the main conclusion from that report? I mean, what is the size of that fraud that's happening in the market still?
1: Well, it, it's extraordinary. And the PwC report, which is, it talks about global crime, and I think it was 1,500 different companies they looked at, was an incredible report. It's a landmark report. And it was really talking about most organizations are in this perfect storm of risk. They're They're facing... Unparalleled scrutiny from different organizations, fraud risks are increasing. So, internal fraud, external fraud, regulatory, reputational. And this is, again, this is at the same time that we're seeing quite dramatic changes in supply chains with Brexit and sanctions. And all of this is increasing fraud and risk. All the leading fraud surveys and indicators out there are showing year-on-year increases in fraud and risk so what pwc said was look you've just got to acknowledge it you've got to pull it out of the shadows acknowledge it put a strategy in place use internal fraud prevention processes but the really interesting thing is they say you've got to use advanced technologies using ai machine learning and the survey uh, one of the key survey results show that 44% are now budgeting for these type of technologies, which is exactly what we do.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think, I am not. I haven't read a report myself, but another piece of report I recently got in touch with, not sure which one, of the, I think it was the, the Chartered Association of, of Accountants or, or Auditors. Fraud examiners. Fraud Something examiners. Like that, yeah. yeah, was mentioning that for every euro or every dollar or every pound that was found as fraud or identified as potential fraud you wouldn't find 15 of them so you find one you miss 15 which i think is yeah that blow blow me away so i actually haven't heard of
1: that stat so i'd be very interested in that but the (laughs) the ones you know there's some really important reports out there so crawl to a report every year they said in the uk 97 percent of all the businesses that they surveyed had one instance of fraud in the last 12 months the acfe the associated and chartered fraud examiners said typically around five percent of revenues of are lost to fraud um, and one of the five percent of revenue is lost so really really big numbers Ob- obviously there's there's all types of different fraud we're very very much focused around supply chain supplier fraud and Kroll in their report said this is the in the top three of the highest okay. ranking and and the highest impact frauds
0: exactly so that's that's interesting and uh, yeah i mean i think it. I, well, I agree with you with the fact that with the, the, the technology changes that are going so rapidly and, and the number of channels that we are dealing with these days as business, the problem is just increasing rather than decreasing. It is. It is. And I
1: think organizations need to invest in more sophisticated methods. But, you know, manage, managing your risks in that supply chain, looking, looking for fraud is good. But the CFOs and the controllers that I speak to, they need a return on investment. And so interestingly, one of the big byproducts of our solution is to look at overpayments Mm -hmm. or wasted money. And this drives an incredible ROI. It's one of the key factors of driving our our ROI. So we, we typically have a payback of our solution within three months, which is unheard of. In any finance purchase, and the ROI over three years is five x, ten x. So uh, cost savings, process improvements, as well as keeping ahead of fraud and risk, yeah. I think are, are some of the key things that CFOs look for nowadays.
0: I completely agree. I mean, CFOs are about the money, and if you can invest in something that is paying for itself, you know, get more of it. <laughs> so, exactly. Well, to tell me about what. What did you do to your solution? What made it a solution that's so different from what's out there? It's a a good question. I think most
1: organizations have been really reliant, heavily reliant on the three-way match. And I think in the last 10, 20 years, most of the CFOs that I've spoken to are focused on how do we drive up PO compliance? Having more POs, which absolutely helps any organization. And more invoices with a PO attached and trying to get to the 100% PO invoice, no pay, no PO, I think has been their main focus. What they are completely unaware of is all the other risks, errors, issues, compliance, errors that happen within the whole procure-to-pay cycle. And our forensic technology is using advanced machine learning, pattern matching, 20 years of knowledge in this one specific specific area to give a laser-like insight into what's actually happening at the transactional level. So a lot of the risks and fraud are just the CFOs and controllers are oblivious of what's actually happening. And then the people who used to know have really left the organization because automation has come in yeah. and and taken over
0: yeah and i mean uh, with the volume of data that we have these days it's it's just you know where to start so even for for people that are day-to-day in auditing you know they, they just take snapshots and, and try to kind of yeah, build a case from there so what do you believe is, is the benefit of machine learning and ai in this in this area it's I,
1: I think the main benefit is every organization we come across is a little bit different, even within uh, a specific sector. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you take government, for example, that's one of our you know, very, very strong sectors. We've got well over 60 government organizations using our solutions around the world. They have a very, very different profile, payment profile, invoice management profile to say someone in retail or an organization in retail or an organization in healthcare. So what machine learning does, it takes human feedback, those insights on what our solution highlights and then uses that to adapt the its findings. So ultimately, this is a war against false positives. It's about efficiency, trying to find real important results that, actually the AP Procure-to-Pay staff can do something with very quickly. Yeah, I can see that.
0: So, I mean, you you were talking in the beginning about when we started, you talked about the importance of empowering people. And that's exactly the reason why I started my podcast. You know, I also believe that there's too much fuzz in the marketplace about automating people out of a process, which is typically the case in the procurement process, just like you just highlighted. So kind of the combination of an expert in procure-to-pay plus the technology that's out there, what do you believe is the extra value of that, like the one plus one equals three factor? That is a very
1: good point. Sorry, i just... um, Someone was trying to uh, get this room. But sorry, to to take that one plus one, and I, I think what we found, we've done lots of research and using machine learning and artificial intelligence and what it didn't have when we just relied solely on that was this base knowledge to call on to set the path for the machine learning and ai to go go along and i think human assisted machine learning is critical because with their knowledge and the machine learning you get the best of both worlds and from all our research, that seems to be the best way to go. So getting, having um, a user constantly feeding back, training the machine learning with a base of knowledge that we built over 20 years, mm-hmm. I think is the best of both worlds.
0: So it's, it's, it's the guidance provided by the machine learning and then the, the, human, the human aspect of, of making things click and putting things in context. So it's continuously improving itself. Exactly. That's, uh, exactly that's an interesting one yeah from all the things that you've done in in the well, in the, in the 12 years that the solution have been developing what do you believe is the, is the thing that made the solution so strong today and what provided the magic at some point in time were there any, any of those moments I, I think you know orientating
1: and structuring the business around our customers was key
0: mm-hmm.
1: and constantly getting feedback so we've To quite a lot of expense, we run a a customer conference every year and we've been doing that for the last 10 years and we constantly get their feedback. we we really trying to get our engineering team integrated with the customers and getting their insights and constantly adapting our technology over the last 10 years has, has really had a big impact for us for sure. I think the other thing was to to really, I think we really headed the game about how do we empower accounts payable and procure the pay teams rather than automate them. And that was, that was a huge learning point because if you empower them, they then use the feedback from our software to drive process improvement initiatives, which generates more cost savings. And that, that you know, highlighting risks and fraud is great, Is getting those actual teams to do something about it, and this is really where our software connects those two points together.
0: It does it really well. Well, kind of switching from being reactive to being proactive. Absolutely, that's that's a really that's a really good point
1: because most of the technologies out there that might be similar to us, but not really, is kind of audit technologies, which is retrospective. Yeah, and it's they're normally run by auditors, external auditors, and these normally very, very bright people have and got degrees and everything, and they know how to use these systems. So what we've done is we've taken all of that knowledge, we put it into a system, and we basically deliver results on a plate to the procure the pay staff, who contextually understand the nature of these transactions. Mm-hmm. So if you if you give them the insights and you empower them then they're going to go, well, why is this happening? How can we make this better? How can we improve? How can we drive process improvement? Whereas that's very, very different from an external auditor and even an internal auditor coming in, delivering some results to AP and say, look, you've made a whole bunch of mistakes or there's a whole bunch of risks here. Can you solve it? They, yeah. They're at the cold face. They just don't have enough time. So we've really connected really the output of our software with actually driving process improvement
0: interesting yeah so i mean what also intrigues me you've i mean you started fiscal tech 12 years ago and i mean i i'm not sure when the first solution hit the marketplace but you were pretty early in this in this game of uh, of using advanced technologies to uh, to hit well to to solve the problem in the market so so what did you learn in the process of selling this because i mean what I realized, and particularly also your one of your sectors being government uh, and CFOs in general, not exactly uh, most of the time organizations or people that are early adopters of things.
1: Yeah, so, so technically I bought the company 12 years ago. It was part of a, a larger technology company. So I actually bought the company uh-huh. and we then developed the product out And I'm really referencing one of my earlier points is you have to stay close to the customer and evolving with the customer needs. And what we did find out is, you know, there's obviously two types of customers, the controller, which is the decision maker. They have very different needs to the actual end user, the accounts payable professional, procurement professional. And so trying to blend those needs together into a solution that works um, effectively for both parties is key. And we also have internal auditors, accountants, and other
0: personnel accessing the software as well. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's it's a broader team. What are you most proud of? I mean, are there any anecdotes of customers, uh, if you can share them, by the way, that, that where you say, this really blew my mind in terms of what a, what a solution like ours can can achieve yeah we i mean we
1: have tons of case studies testimonials i think just due to the nature of our software because it is an empowering software and we run our annual user conference every year we have lots of anecdotes one of the best best ones i can remember is Debenhams saying that they they got their payback within one and a half hours of use, <laughs> and we 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 have a lot we have a lot of companies organizations saying they got their money back within a week a month almost all our customers get it back within three months and get a lot of benefit over those three years so yeah we've 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 got lots of happy customers. Well, that's um, good to hear. Great feedback. Yeah.
0: Otherwise, you wouldn't be in business uh, after twelve years. Exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. Definitely.
0: So, I mean, this is quite a well an area where there's a lot of there's a lot of change going to happen, likely in the in the next years. And I think well, one of the things, well, the reason why I wanted to start this podcast and, and kind of bring up these cases is to inspire people about what can be in, in terms of technology and people together. So. In order to educate CFOs, and, and, and based on the wisdom that you got today, what would you advise to them? How, do, how should they start to think different in terms of where they are today and where they should be in the next two, three years? So the CFO controller? CFO controller, or uh, yeah, you're, yeah. You're the main decision maker for the solutions that you are offering.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, just reading all the Hackett reports, and all the recent reports in 2018, the CFO's role, the financial director's role, is changing. They are now the guardians of an enterprise or a government organization. Typically, audits, risk, report into the CFO. They they have to protect the organization. Just at a time when there's just a lot of geopolitical things happening, and their their role is changing. I, I think I think we've gone through ten years of automation. Uh-huh. It's now how how do we get more uh, out of our existing staff and our existing processes and technologies to drive those additional returns in the finance teams? I, I don't think you could. You can get fewer people in those teams. So how, how, can, how can these teams add more value? How can we give them some more insights to drive process improvement? And actually, the, I've, I've run lots and lots of workshops over the years and with different various different teams. The big thing I come away from every single workshop is the people in the lower ranks, they know what the issues are. They really do know what the issues are. And they can crystallize those issues in a one-hour workshop session very, very quickly. And it's about giving them the tools to help drive process improvements and deal with those issues. So, yeah, CFO roles are changing. They they ha- have to adopt more advanced technologies. Inevitably, AI, and we have RPA now, robotic process automation that's that's coming in fast but what we've got to do on the cfo side is how, how do we skill up my teams with technology that's going to elevate their roles
0: yeah i so agree that's, my,
1: yeah.
0: that's well that's a good recommendation it's definitely it's, it's in a different ball game than you would expect it's, it's the skilling up part that is becoming the the difference between succeeding and not succeeding which is yes. a completely different story, and there's 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 a couple of podcasts that I did on, on that topic as well. So, what is next for you? I mean, you've just launched your your latest products, NXG. What is what is your greatest aspiration for
1: 2019? Yeah, we're we're really proud of NXG forensics. It's been two years in the coming. It's our old solution, AP forensics. I, I believe was the best tool in the world. Now, NXG. Forensics surpasses that. It's got more machine learning than it's ever had before. We're going to keep focusing on that. We're working with a university on more advanced machine learning for it. But we want to, and and a big focus for this year will be taking our customers to the new NXG Forensics platform. sits in Azure. It's really highly scalable and it delivers... 70% less false positives than yeah. our old solution. So that's going to save save our customers a lot of time. We want to extend the value of our platform out, and we want to start connecting up some of the dots, so aggregate the knowledge that we're collecting and give this knowledge back to our customers. So we're working on more solutions that will link in with NXG Forensics.
0: Nice, pretty exciting uh, times then.
1: So, it is. It is. It's very, very exciting, and where I think everyone in the business is very focused on, you know, how do we protect organisations around the world and keep improving. So uh, yeah, great a times.
0: Noble, noble course. So if you, if anybody in the audience could help you, what would you ask? Are there any kind of big questions you're, you're uh, you want to get answers for?
1: Yeah, we're we're always interested in CFO, finance director, controller, senior financial decision feedback on on what what the big issues that they face. Yeah, you know we yeah so we're we're kind of interested in those big finance issues really. So anything that they can provide back to us that
0: sits around procure to pay, I will always be interested in that. I can imagine. It's, uh, it's the core of the business. So where can people go and find out more about Fiscal uh, Technologies and connect with you? Well,
1: we're, we're at Fiscal Tech. That's dot com. That's our website or uk. We're based in the U.S. and U.K. We cover Europe as well. And what, what we offer, which I think is unique to any other technology company I've come across is we offer a risk review. So if a CFO or a controller or any senior finance decision maker wants to really get unique insights, forensic insights into how the procure-to-pay the team or accounts payable team or their shared service team is working from a risk and fraud perspective, we do a no-charge, no-cost risk review. Typically, okay. we, we would equate that to around about £10,000 worth of consultancy. We It's a very easy risk review to do. We need two data extracts out of the ERP, typically an hour to two hours' work on the customer's point of view, and then we do all the work, and we'll come back in and deliver a very insightful 40-page Report into the financial operations and the risks and fraud around that, and that's typically the first step. Yeah. But that's all detailed on our website, and we would, you know, love to hear from any organisation, government, corporate, retail, manufacturing out there, and we would, you know, really love to help them provide some insights.
0: I can imagine that's that's a good service to to start because a lot a lot of cases people think I think are also sometimes also ignorant or. You know, kind of that, making, making the point, they, they don't have any issues. They don't have any fraud. That's, uh, there lies our single biggest
1: competitor. We we have yeah. no direct, really, any direct competitors out there. It is typically inertia, lack of awareness. Yeah, you know, inertia. we've got a unique solution that delivers a lot of benefit up front. But, again, people, you know, CFOs, controllers, are very focused around, well, We've got a three-way match. I, I think I've got everything covered. Yeah. Every time we do a risk review, we find things that, that a CFO controller is not aware of. And they get a lot of value from doing a risk review. So, I can yeah,
0: imagine.
1: That's a yeah. good point.
0: Thank you. So where they, where can they go to say hi to you?
1: Yeah, my my email address is dgriffiths at fiscaltech.com. So, if anybody wants to email me i'm in the u s and u k half and half most most months so email would be the best best point of contact okay and I'd love to hear from anybody out there
0: good perfect well thank you very much david inspiring and uh very good to get insight in terms of what is challenging how you, yeah, the the to pay space is is evolving and uh what is still lacking in in that rich landscape of solutions out there. Thanks. Well, thank you, Tom. I really enjoyed
1: um, speaking with you again and talking through how we are trying to change the way financial operation teams do business. So thank you and
0: have a great year ahead, Tom. Thank you, David. And the same to you. And for everybody else that's listening today, thank you for tuning into this podcast. I had the honor to speak to David Griffiths, CEO of Fiscal technologies. The goal of this podcast is to share compelling ideas and showcases to inspire what can be when technology and people blend in the right way. It's my strong belief that too much focus is put on automating people out of a process, in other words, cutting costs, rather than scenarios where the unique strength of people are augmented with technology to change the established rules and to deliver a value that was unimaginable before. So, With this podcast, I want to make a contribution to change this, to create a broader awareness of what can be, to accelerate the adoption by bringing together you, a tribe of like-minded people and organizations, and lastly, to accelerate the initiatives and solutions that could be created because one idea inspires the other. So if you know about stories that are worth sharing, please send me a message. Building the momentum all starts with revealing the ideas, and that starts with you. If you want to have more information, read my blogs, or obtain information on working with me, just visit me on my website, valueinspiration.com. Thank you for tuning in, and you can do me a big favor by rating the podcast or provide me with your feedback. I'll see you shortly in a new episode.